Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Never mind. We'll just, just do the fruits basket thing right now. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> we are back. <laughs> <laughs> and this is called the fruits basket retcon part three. I don't know. This is the second time, I think, at least. Second. We did a small part before, but I want to do some retconning here of my own because I got some information wrong, which I guess <gasps> I could edit out, but mm-hmm. I'll just say it right now instead. I thought it said that they had someone there that was making sure that they are going to preserve what was on the manga. And I misread it. And it basically, it was just saying that who was doing the music was handling the series composition. I missed the composition. <laughs> But she did make sure that who she hired to do the animation and the voice acting, she wanted to make sure that they were going to stick to the manga, which is very close, almost frame by frame at times, which is pretty crazy. So we went back and we watched what they have on Funimation. Unfortunately, they don't have all of season two out yet. I'm sure they're working on it or they're just going to drip feed it to us. And season three is going to be out in Japan in 2021 of spring. So we did the first time we talked about Fruits Basket, we kind of just compared like the first five or six episodes of the 2001 version and then the new version. And then this time we have. We both managed to watch all of it, <laughs> all of the new version. Yeah, I don't even know how it started, but I think something caught me, and I was like, I need to start watching more of this. Yes, and I needed the escape. I was like, I need to be there. <laughs> like, yeah. It's somewhere nice. So we started from like pretty much Fruits Basket Season 1, Episode 10 or whatever, and we just went all the way up until... 14 of season two, so... Because that's all we have, which is so rude. This leaves you hanging on a cliffhanger. It's like, wait, what happened? It's like they kind of like resolve something and then they just start picking up the threads of something new and then it's done. You're like, what? What? Like, there's so much to be talked about still. And you're like, yeah, there's like 10 more episodes we don't have. So I saw on Instagram somewhere, I was like, oh, is it because of COVID or something like that? Like maybe the recordings. Oh, okay. Delayed. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. It's just 
The thing I like about this series, which I think I mentioned a few months back, is that it really does dig more into the characters. And you get a lot more background. You actually get to see some episodes with Toto's mom, which was really, really cool. So you get to actually see how cool of a person she actually was. Episode 16 and 17 of season one, it's about Itane and how she was a little gangster from fifth grade up until about eighth grade. Yeah, if you don't cry during that, dude, you got no soul. <laughs> I bawled my eyes out. I couldn't help it. It was so good. That was I good. watched I it do three really times. Yeah, I really love that this, because at first I was like, oh, I miss the original. But then once you start watching the new version, you really get sucked in to the pacing of it is different. It's way so different. It is it's way different, so but it, different. And, but it's nice because it is giving you kind of a deep dive into backstories and you have like a real full picture of who these characters are and what their backstories are and how it links. And it's just much deeper. Yeah, so much deeper. It's Incredible, mm-hmm. actually. You learn a lot more about the Soma family. Akita. And Hannah. That was Oh, yeah. Good. Hannah, that was very touching, so too. So good. That was very good. And you learn more about Kyo's situation. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I have to say, I think when I first watched Fruits Basket, like the first, first time, I don't know if I was a big fan of Kyo. I think I was more of a fan of Yuki. And then this version... It's like tied, if not, I appreciate Kyo more at this point because of their, I think they just gave him more depth. Like he just seemed angry all the time. But you didn't know know, why. Yeah. So you just got kind of tired of it. It's like, whatever. But this, it's like, he has much more, I don't know. There's how he interacts with Toru as well. Like, I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Like he's so cute. Yeah. And there is a reason why he's so angry and it's really interesting Because if you're going to live like him and knowing what's going to happen in your own future, yeah, you're going to be a little bit angry with society and life. And how ostracized he's been his whole life. Like you come in with that. Right, right. And then they have this whole entire crazy story arc with Shigeru. (gasps) Yes, and he is like the soap opera sneaky manipulator person. It's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and how he is in the series and in the manga, I'm assuming, it's like he knows how good Taro is, and he also knows that she'll be able to handle almost anything regardless. So he's always kind of poking the hornet's nest of the Soma family, like challenging them to make her run away because he knows that she won't. Yeah. And so she plays them all. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's yeah. true. Yeah, he plays them all. I mean, yeah, yeah, he does. He is really good at manipulating situations. Yeah, and not all of it's negative. It's just that he knows what he's doing, and I like that you get to learn more about him and Hatori, the doctor, and Akito. Yeah, Akito. But that generation, like that older generation, was cool. Um, right in the original series, you only. See some small scenes here and there with Akito. He's just kind of there in a way. And then on the last episode, he says some disparaging things to Taru, and that's about it. Yeah. And then they kind of conclude it at the end. Like, wait, what just happened? Where this one, you realize how evil he is and how much he thinks he kind of controls the Somas, which I guess he does, according to the Zodiac. 
Yeah, it explains a lot more comparatively. That's why I really like this series. It's pretty crazy, and it kind of takes it out of this slice of life. And they call it romantic comedy, slice of life, supernatural. Uh, it I, works. I would say Ish. supernatural drama. <laughs> yeah, because when you say like romantic comedy, like there, there is like a romantic vibe on some of it, but it's more deeper than that because it's like these really deep relationships with he- other humans. <laughs> so it's like even with her friends, like right. by getting that backstory of them and like what it means for Toru to be in their lives. Like this really, it's like very magical, like deep love and acceptance. Um, so it's not just like a ha ha, like, yeah. Crush romantic comedy. like Exactly. Someone. Like uh, Mizuki-kun anime that we were watching about the, the manga artist. Yes, that's more of a romantic comedy. That's a romantic <laughs> comedy. Or yeah. uh, Made Sama. That's a romantic yes. comedy. Exactly, yeah. Because there's always this romantic tension and stuff. Whereas like... Where this is deeper. It has it is a little deeper. bit more to it. Mm-hmm. So. And the romantic tension-ish starts to come into season two more because they're older and they kind of, you get to know everybody. And so those connections are being right. built, but there's a bigger picture because of the supernatural element in it. Yeah. It's not just regular high school. kids, <laughs> Right. It's not like a high school romp or anything like that. And then <laughs> the one thing I've noticed, and I'm not sure if that's the same in the manga. Sometimes I feel like Taru in general is a little hmm, aloof. Mm-hmm. Or she's just so spacey and kind of just not knowing what's really going on. And that's kind of annoying because there's all this dark, deep structure going on within the whole entire Soma family. And then she's just kind of like this bubbly thing. I guess that's the point. I think it's kind of her defense mechanism and some of it is to check out a little bit. I think I liked how it was handled with Kyo and her ability to... Right. You know, like, see, you know, and then, so that's her growth, too. She doesn't know all the dark stuff yet, though. She knows, like, Momiji told her his story, which is heartbreaking. Um, So she knows some of that. But even Yuki hasn't shared what he's gone through. And he is, like, PTSD. Like, he's, like, (laughs) super traumatized. She just knows that the, the head of the family did something. She just knows something's going on. She knows there's tension there. And she just seems to be very good about staying present and being like, I love them. I want to be here. I can be kind. And so she just shows that. I love them unconditionally. Unconditional love is what a lot of people Mm -hmm. need. Oh boy, I'm being emo. You know who my (laughs) least favorite character though is? Who? That boy that likes Kisa. Oh. um, He's so mean. What's his name? He's such Um, a jerk. He's so mean to Toru. I'm always like, shut up. And then she always, she doesn't like alpha him and and defend herself. And that bothers me. Like, I, I think she could be nice to him, but still have a better boundary with how he treats her and speaks to her. Can't remember she's older name. than him. I forget his name too. What's And I can't remember the animal he turns into. I'm like trying to think about it. Is he a he lamb? He turns into, no. yeah, a lamb. Yeah. I know he's just jealous, but it just still makes me annoyed. Oh, hero. He, he Hero. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> yeah. He's a little. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you get to learn more about the other Zodiac characters and the other Soma family. It, it really digs into that. 
And the other funny thing is, is how much they changed the last three episodes of the original series comparatively to what the story is actually about. Yeah. Yeah. Like where that one ends, this one's not ending at the same time. No, it's it's not It's developing still. Yeah, it's still developing. And just how they implemented the characters in there and that wasn't even supposed to be really like that. It's it's kind of trippy. Yeah. I have to admit, I don't, I'm not excited about the new characters they added into the high school. But now that I know I have 10 more episodes plus another season, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, that makes more sense. Because I was like, why would you introduce me to these idiots? Like, I don't care about them. Like, what's going yeah. on? But it'll be interesting to see them. Because Yuki's growing and coming out of his shell. So yeah, he's like, really improving throughout the series. I'm going to say, you could go ahead and ditch the original series. I mean, the only thing that I think is better is the music at times, but that music plays throughout of the original series. When there's something happy going on, it plays this. If there's something else that goes on, it plays this. And then on the last three episodes, the music's really unnecessary, and they still play it. (laughs) I like the original intro and I, oh, yeah. Like exiting music, though. <laughs> I love that favorite. too. I yeah. love it. I love it. It makes me happy just to hear it. I'm like, oh, I still like the original, but I am 100% standing behind the new one now. Like, I really, yeah. really love the new one, and I'm happy there's so many episodes. And definitely, like, when you listen to the voice acting, I mean, it's I mean, almost 20 years ago or whatever, it's a little bit more wooden. I don't know if you noticed that. And then the animation, they do all these weird cheats in it because they might have been hand-drawn. So they'll have a still image, and then they'll pan it. So it looks like there's movement in it, or they'll zoom in. Where nowadays, they could do all this CG stuff, and it, the characters seem more alive. That's true. I think I only like the original one because it's like my first anime I watched. Yeah, I love nostalgic. it so much. So I go back. I can be in like a nostalgic mode. But yeah, recommending it would be hard now. It'd be like, just start with the new one and then maybe yeah, watch just, the old just one Just get over fun. it. <laughs> you don't need to watch it yet. <laughs> you don't. Like, especially since you know the art. Artist is behind the second one, and that's the version they yeah the creator the artist approve yeah you want to see their vision and that's the funny thing is is also that how close it is to the original manga the only thing it's missing is the weird little side notes from the creator and she puts in all these weird things about her life or she talks about the video game that she's plain. It's really funny. So you get to learn more about the author of it. And that's the only thing that's missing. So I wish somehow they would put her in the end and they would narrate it through or something. That would have been funny if the end credits were always like the weird notes, you oh, know? God. So like you'd watch yeah. the episode and then you'd see like the notes of the author. That would be actually kind of fun. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is those notes kind of make the manga a lot lighter too, to me. Mm, that makes sense. So anyway, check this out if you haven't already. I guess it's doing really well. It took over a certain popular anime in the ratings in Japan. So go Fruits Basket.
Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. Hey, podcast fans, I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Welcome to Swirl, the wine show for people who know nothing about wine. And I know nothing about wine, but I love it. And I feel like wine's for everybody. I also feel like wine is also intimidating. Storygram Network.